Blog Talk Radio. All right. Welcome back, comrades, to the um, new world. Yes, this is the health renaissance. Uh, we are going through the dark ages. Guarantee you, guarantee you, 100 years from now, they're going to look back and say, my God, that was the second dark age. Well, we're going to look at posture, and this is kind of cool. This is like detective work. Imagine if you were like hiking through the woods and somebody saw like a piece of poop on the ground, and they could tell you the animal, what the animal ate, and how soon that animal passed by. Well, that's when I could turn you guys into human trackers. Okay, now this will all be put up. Our censored stuff information tonight is going to be amazing. It's on one of the best um, blogs that I've ever seen, but it surmises about eight of our health talks into one. Good factual data, and I like the way the guy writes. But this is, uh, um, you know, all about the the current uh, virus um, and the virus response. Um, also, please join the Extreme Health Academy. All this stuff will be on there uninterrupted, and that's a little bit of protection from uh, the censorship. Uh, but on an exciting note, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the American States Assembly at how you can get your own sovereignty back so you can literally start to um, literally get your freedoms back. And, and I know that's just a little teaser, but there's a lot of things that I'm getting into, and I want to make sure that this stuff actually works and is legal, but we might have a chance to get our country back. Now, let's start off by looking at the structure, how the human body is. If we just look at the neck, for, for instance, the neck has a fantastic curve. Curves in the front should be around a 145-degree curve. Um, top should be over the bottom. But now for every one inch that heads forward, the pressure on the disc double. Now that's not the big important thing. The spinal cord doesn't have any stretch fibers. So when that neck straightens, it literally starts to pull on the cord. Now 100% of patients with the Parkinson's diagnosis have got forward head carriage or loss of curve in the neck. I mean, statistically, there's been an incident of trauma in 9 out of 10 Parkinson's patients within 10 years of them developing symptoms. So we know that that trauma, and that's the only way forward head carriage can occur, is through some type of trauma. Now, can you see this on a posture analysis? Absolutely. You're gonna see, um, When you look at someone standing up straight, their ear should be in line with their shoulder. If their head is forward, that means that there is some kind of loss of curve or some type of trauma. Now, that postural distortion is not just um, involving the neck. All the muscles that support that head also attach in the mid-back, in the thoracic area. Now, that means that tightness and stiffness in between the shoulder blades usually means that that head is forward. But also, if that head is forward, the nerves that supply the breathing muscle, the diaphragm, come out of there. So that's going to be um, hiatal hernias. It's going to be breathing issues. It's going to be all sorts of different adaptations to the compromised nerve supply. Um, also, at the base of the neck, at the start of the thoracic area or ribcage area, there's um, a whole host of nerves called the sympathetic nervous system. 
And so if that heads forward, you're going to negatively affect that area. And the top of the sympathetic nervous system controls the nerves to the heart. So does that mean if you see someone with forward head carriage and rounding over the shoulders that they had to have had some type of trauma in the past and their body is adapting or protecting the nerves that supply the heart? And I'm going to demonstrate tonight, too, that when an area curves out, like like normally shoulders round over, and you've seen people with accentuated rounding over the shoulders. And if you see that excessive rounding, it's usually the body adapting to some type of nerve compression. Because when you round over, you're literally taking the pressure off of those holes where the nerves come out in the back. And the top of the thoracic area, the nerves, the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. So that's hugely important that if there is some type of structural deviation in the neck, that this can negatively affect the mid-thoracic area. Why is that important? Because you're talking cardiac function, cardiac arrhythmias, heart, heart palpitations. And so I'm going to give a couple of, of people that have had symptoms like that where we're looking at the body adapting. <clears throat> now, when you look at a normal kyphosis, and a normal kyphosis has a pretty significant curve. And what you're going to see on a lot of people is like a curve right at the base of the neck, then a flattening aspect, then a curve at the base. That upper curve is about most of the time, 90% of the time, protecting the heart. But also forward head carriage uh, can, can literally be an adaptation to get more information up. Now, just think of um, the average uh, autistic kid. Do they have really good posture, or is their head massively forward? You're going to see that their head is generally forward. And, and this is going to be, and I'm talking the severe autistics, the nonverbal, acute, the head's going to be forward. And if you look at the majority of neurologic damaged kids, their heads are forward. Because when that head is forward, you're getting more of um, you're getting more input. It's called proprioception. So if you change and put that head forward, you get more um, information. And when there's brain damage, you're going to see that that the body has to go forward in order to get more information up. It's pretty exciting stuff. Um, so what kind of happens if that if that body goes forward? You'll also see that if the body has been dealt with traumas effectively, that means that there is very little loss of curve of the neck, um, there's very little rounding over the shoulders. And so, and what people will say are good posture, it leads to good health. Well, kind of, except if you have poor posture, that's really an adaptation to trauma. So you can't yell at people. For, think of this. You're not going to go into a kid and say, sit up straight, you're slouching, when you should look at them and say, why do they find slouching comfortable? Does, does that make more sense? Because if your kid is always on the cell phone, throwing his head forward, he's, um, at, uh, and he's always slouching on the couch, ask yourself, did the child have ear infections? Well, possibly, because knowing that 97% of all ear infections come from the neck, that means that there was probably some type of birth trauma 
but if you have a child that had an ear infection, they were also, so that means they had a traumatic birth, straightening of the curve of the neck, possible antibiotics given for the ear infection, which is going to destroy the gut flora. So you literally have a kid with physical, chemical, and this if it destroys the gut flora, emotional stressors. So there is a lot of symptoms and signs of that head being forward that could be a, a pretty significant problem. So um, now when we're looking at the low back, so if you see that head going forward, you you can identify the normal kyphosis or the abnormal kyphosis. And that normal kyphosis is acts like a spring or a shock absorber. But if that head goes forward, you're compressing um, the structures on the front because ribs have to move in a bucket handle action and you're rounding over the shoulders to take the nerve supply off of the area with that supplies the heart. But that rounding over and problems don't occur unless there's a cervical spine injury. So, so all of that data is important. So now let's look at people in Target or Walmart or you know any any big store close to you. Um, if you see that person walking with their feet out to the side, that means that they're having trouble stabilizing themselves. So typically they're on blood pressure medications or cholesterol medications. Why? Because blood pressure medications limit oxygen to the brain, which is a really big deal, because that brain. It only is about three pounds, and it burdens up to 90% of the body's oxygen. Now, if the head's forward, you're, that head being forward had to be from a trauma or an adaptation to get pressure off the nerves. If that head is forward, that can choke off the, the it's called thoracic outlet, and it's also a double crush injury leading to carpal tunnel syndrome, elbow issues, golfer's elbow, tennis elbow and rotator cuff problems. So there is a lot of pathologies that develop from that head being forward. But there's also a lot of adaptations. So now let's look at this. When you're looking at a human whose head's forward and you have one bump, um, a flat spot, and a curve, that's typically cardiac arrhythmias where the body's trying to adapt. If you're looking at somebody with a normal kyphosis but the head forward, that usually means there's less cardiac issues, um, but there could be cervical spine issues like brachial plexus compression or the nerves that supply the arm. That can be a challenge. So carpal tunnel, there's a lot. So really what we're going to do is talk about um, tonight how uh, to identify postural abnormalities and what you can do. Um, but we're, we're also, I've got to get into this part because um, I encourage you to get off of this one blog site and it's called Deconstructing Conventional, deconstructingconventional.com. Uh, and I don't know much about the guy that wrote this article, but I've got a friend who actually got the COVID shot. And, and you know, I was telling him, you know, it, it's uh, it's an experimental procedure. Uh, it hasn't been approved by the FDA. It's only for emergency use. And it's using new technology that's never been used before. And, of course, you know, thanks, 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 but I'm going to go with my doc. It's interesting because he sent me this article. 
and the title is 18 Reasons Why I Won't Be Getting the COVID Vaccine. Um, and I'm going to read those reasons and some of the um, um, some of the commentary behind it. Okay, number one reason was vaccine makers are immune from liability. The only industry in the world that bears no liability for injuries or deaths resulting from their products are vaccine manufacturers. First established in 1986, the Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and reinforced by the PrEP Act, vaccine makers cannot be sued even if they're shown to be negligent. The COVID makers are allowed to create a one-size-fits-all product with no testing on subpopulations. I mean, think of people with, with health conditions, and yet they're unwilling to accept responsibilities for adverse events and, and deaths their products cause. Uh, if the company is not willing to stand by their products as safe, especially when they rushed to market and skipped animal trials on, um, and not willing to take the product. Does that make sense? It does. Now, the checkered past of vaccine companies, that's point number two. Four major companies are making these COVID vaccines. They have either never brought a vaccine to market before, and that's um, Moderna and Johnson & Johnson, brand new in the vaccine market. Um, there are serial felons. Okay, They've been convicted of, of doing really bad things, selling false products, toxic products, hiding data. And that's Pfizer and AstraZeneca. And both that are the serial felon and has never brought the vaccine to market is Johnson & Johnson. And in fact, Moderna had been trying to modernize our RNA. That's what Moderna means. And that's the company name for years. But they never successfully brought any product to market. Uh, now, it's nice for them because there's a major cash infusion from the government trying to keep them. Now, it's interesting because the fact that all vaccine makers, okay, have paid out tens of billions, except for Moderna. Moderna never um, produced anything, so they haven't paid in any liability. Um, the other manufacturers have paid out tens of billions of dollars in damages brought to the market. These products knew they caused injuries, death. I mean, think of Vioxx, Bextra, Celebrex, thalidomide, opioids. Um, now, if drug companies are willfully choosing to put harmful products in the market where they can be sued, why would we trust them with a product with no liability? Oh my gosh, that sounds like common sense. Now, the checkered past of the vaccine companies. In case this hasn't set in, let me reiterate, three of the four COVID vaccine manufacturers have been sued for products they brought to the market even though they knew injuries and deaths would result. How did they know that? Johnson Johnson lost major lawsuits in 95, 96, 2001, 2010, 2011, 2016, and 2019. Um, for what it's worth, Johnson & Johnson vaccine contains um, some aborted human fetal cells. And for what it's worth also, uh, it was pulled off of, out of circulation today because of blood clots in the brain. Now, Pfizer has the distinction of being the cr biggest criminal uh, payout in history. They've lost so many lawsuits, it's hard to count. You can uh, check the rap sheet out. Uh, maybe that's why they're demanding countries where they don't have liability protection to put up collaterals to cover the vaccine lawsuits. 
and AstraZeneca has similarly lost so many lawsuits, it's hard to count as well. Um, you get the point. Uh, in case you missed it, the company had their COVID vaccine suspended in at least 18 countries over concern of blood clots, and they completely botched their meeting with the FDA um, since their number for the studies didn't really match. And, oh, the Johnson Johnson, uh, whose vaccine is approved for emergency use in the U.S., and AstraZeneca is not approved for emergency use in the U.S., they had a little mix-up in their ingredients. 15 million doses were made incorrectly. Now, um, uh, part, point three, ugly history of attempts to make corona vaccine. Did you know they tried to make them in the past? Okay, get this. There have been many attempts to make viral vaccines in the past that's uh, utterly failed, okay? And that's why they didn't have a corona vaccine in 2020. In the 1960s, a scientist tried to make a respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, vaccine for infants. They skipped the animal trials uh, because they weren't necessary back then. In the end, infants got vaccinated with this um, test vaccine, and the unvaccinated uh, infants were exposed to the virus in nature. 80% of the vaccinated infants required hospitalization, and two of them died. For the past 20 years, all ended in failure because the animal and clinical trials got very sick, and many died, just like children, uh, in the 1960s. And in fact, this is for the corona vaccine. In 2004, attempted vaccine um, produced hepatitis in ferrets. 2005, mice and shivets became sick and more susceptible to coronaviruses after being vaccinated. 2012, ferrets became sick and died. In that study, mice and ferrets developed lung diseases. And in 2016, this produced lung diseases in mice. The typical pattern in these studies uh, mentioned above is that children and animals produce beautiful antibody responses after being vaccinated. The problem came when the children and animals were exposed to the wild virus. Chief, what are we looking at? And think of this. Right now, one size fits all. So even though people with high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, cholesterol, multiple comorbid conditions, the ones that the CDC say that 96 or 94% of everybody dying supposedly from COVID uh, really had 3.8 comorbid conditions. And those guys were not in the trial. And, and um, the animal studies found that if the animals got vaccinated, they developed a nice response. But when exposed to the wild virus, they actually had negative response, and uh, most of them died. That's called antibody-dependent enhancement. It's also uh, called vaccine-enhanced disease. And this occurs where the immune system produces a cytokine storm. Now, the vaccine makers have no idea uh, to suggest their rust vaccines have overcome this problem. In other words, there's never before been, has any attempt to make a coronavirus vaccine been successful, nor has the gene therapy technology that is mRNA vaccines been safely brought to the market. But, hey, since they had billions of dollars in government funding, I'm sure they figured it out. I love the way this guy writes. 
Now, there the, the number four point why he doesn't want to get the vaccine. The data gap submitted to the FDA by the vaccine makers. Uh, quote, when the vaccine makers submitted their papers to the FDA for emergency use, and note, an EUA, emergency use authorization, is not the same as full FDA approval. Among the many data gaps they reported uh, was that they have nothing in their trials to suggest they overcame that presky problem of vaccine-enhanced disease. They simply don't know. They have no idea if the vaccines they made will produce the same cytokine storm and deaths as pre- previous attempts um, at such products. In fact, Joseph Mercola, and we're talking brilliant guy, he said, quote, previous attempts to develop the mRNA-based drug using lipid nanoparticles failed and had to be abandoned because when the dose was too low, the drug had no effect. When the dose was too high, the drug became toxic. An obvious question is, what has changed now that makes this technology safe enough uh, for mass use? Oh, that'd be a good question, wouldn't it? And if that's not alarming enough, here are gaps in the data, and there is no data to suggest safety or efficacy regarding. Think of this. This is a data gap. If you're thinking about getting this shot, there is no data to suggest safety or efficacy regarding anyone younger than 18 years old or older than 55. Pregnant or lactating mothers, no no data on that. Autoimmune conditions, no data. Immune compromised individuals, no data. No data on transmission of COVID. No data on preventing mortality from COVID. No data on duration of protection. You, you might be thinking, wait, huh? There, this doesn't prevent transmission, uh, death from COVID, or protection from COVID. Um, in case you think that this is, and I love this quote, in case you think I'm making this up, you want to see actual documents by the FDA and Pfizer, Moderna for their emergency use authorization, you can click out this or this, respectively. He, he puts links in his article, and I really recommend you go to deconstructingconventional.com, um, www.deconstructingconventional.com um, slash post slash 18 reasons why I won't be getting the COVID vaccine. Um, the links are just brilliant. It's like he looked at every health talk that we ever did. Now, point five he wants to make, no access to raw data from the trials. Isn't that interesting? Scientists are still waiting. Wouldn't you like to see the raw data that produced 90 to 90% effective claims touted by the news? They won't let us see the data. As they pointed out in the British Medical Journal, something about Pfizer and Moderna efficacy claims smells really funny. Now, here's, a, here's an idea. There were 3,410 cases of suspected but unconfirmed COVID-19 in the overall study population. 1,594 occurred in the vaccine group. 1,816 occurred in the placebo group. Wait wait a second. Listen to this again. Uh, There were 3,410 total cases of suspected but unconfirmed COVID-19 in the overall study. 1,594 occurred in the vaccine group, and 1,800 occurred in the placebo group. 
Um, did they fail to do science in their science? Study by not verifying the major variables? Could they not test suspected but unconfirmed cases to find out if they had COVID? Suspected but unconfirmed? Um, apparently not. Why didn't they test all the 3,410 participants for sake of accuracy? We can only guess because they didn't test. Um, it would mess up their 90 to 95% effective claims. But where is the FDA? Wouldn't it be prudent at the FDA to expect and demand that the vaccine makers test their people who have COVID-like symptoms, release their raw data so outside third parties could examine how manufacturers justify the numbers? I mean, it's only every citizen in the world we're trying to get to take these experimental products. Why did the FDA not require that? Isn't the entire purpose of the FDA anyway? Good questions. Fox guarding the henhouse. Uh, no liability, no trust. And point six, no long-term safety testing. Obviously, with products that have only been on the market a few months, we have no long-term safety data. In other words, we have no idea what this product will do in the body in months or years from now for any population. Given all the risks and the above risks that all pharmaceutical products have, wouldn't it not be prudent to wait and see the worst-case scenarios have been avoided? Would it not make sense to want to fill those pesky data gaps before we try to give this to every man, woman, and child on the planet? Well, would that make sense but test it on people? Which leads me to my next point. No informed consent. What's the, what um, most people who are taking the vaccine don't know is that because these products are still in clinical trials, anyone who gets the shot now is part of the clinical trial. They are part of the experiment. Um, those like me who do not take it are part of the control group. Time will tell how this experiment works out. But you may be asking, if the vaccines are causing harm, wouldn't we be seeing that all over the news? Surely the FDA would step in and pause the distribution. Well, if adverse event reporting system was working, maybe things would be different. Except, point eight, underreporting of adverse events and death. According to a study done by Harvard at the commission of our government, um, less than 1% of all adverse reaction to the National Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. Um, and again, this guy's got links to everything, but this is um, that study done by Harvard, and they say it's between 1% and 10% of all the events reported. Um, while the problems with VAERS have not been fi fixed, at the time of writing this report, there have been over 2,200 deaths from the current COVID vaccines, as well as close to 60,000 adverse event reactions. Um, and the vaccine adverse event release data showing 50,861 uh, reports of adverse event or in the COVID vaccines, including 2,249 deaths, 7,700 serious injuries between December 14th and March 26th. And those numbers don't include 578 cases of Bell's palsy. Now, if those numbers are only 1% of the total adverse reactions, um, you can do the math that equates to around 110,000 to 220,000 deaths from the vaccines. And that's a ridiculous number of adverse events. 
the number of deaths would currently still be lower than the 424,000 deaths from medical errors that happen every year. Um, but we are not even six months into the rollout of the vaccines um, as of yet. Now, um, okay, we I don't have time to go through all of these points, but please go to deconstructingconventional.com, the 18 reasons why I won't be getting the COVID vaccine. I also posted it on Facebook, and surprisingly, I posted it a couple of days ago, and the censors haven't taken it down. So I don't know if we have people in the, in the censorship group or, you know, the, the adverse speech, um, <laughs> uh, what, what do they call it, dangerous thought, um, that they're letting it slide. I, I don't know. But just please get this information out there and get to your friends. If somebody comes up to you and says, are you getting the vaccine? Did you get the vaccine? You look them straight in the eye and you say, well, it's an experimental product, so I'm part of the control group. That's it. You are part of the control group. Okay, you are the, not the placebo, you are the control group. Okay, and so we are going to take back our world, and don't worry about it. But at the end of May, possibly the first part of June, there's going to be another event that they're going to want to close down the country again. Uh, just get prepared for it. So get some food, get some water, um, get some protection, tell your neighbors about it. So when the government tries to panic you to turn the herd, uh, this way you will be in the know. And you'll know that it's, it's going to come back around, but we will be taking back our country. You're going to be taking back your freedoms. Um, you will thrive in this world. You will, because this world was built by you. You were designed in the image and likeness of God. Man is not going to destroy it for you. God bless you. This is Dr. John Bergman. I love you. Have a great day. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.